Hello and welcome to The Trials, the system playtest actual play podcast from the RPG Academy. I am Michael, and this is The Trial of Cold Steel Wardens. Cold Steel Wardens is a superhero RPG that was written by A.P. Klauski, who is a local designer here near Cincinnati, Ohio. I met A.P. or Andy at the CincyCon convention earlier this year when I demoed his game, and I really liked it. So I asked him to come onto the show and give it a run for a trial, and he graciously agreed. And that is what you are listening to now. So the game Cold Steel Wardens, again, is a superhero RPG. It tries to emulate the Iron Age of comics, which is generally a little bit lower powered than what you may be used to with the sudden influx of crazy uh, superhero movies. It has a very Watchmen sort of feel to it, at least I think so. Uh, for this game, we have myself playing Sawbones, who is a police recruit washout turned EMT and private detective who got his abilities to phase during a car accident that killed his partner. He's a bit of a burnout and doesn't really trust the police force that much. You have uh, your favorite co-host and mine, the Caleb G, playing Kadia, who is an ex-gang member. Uh, he is uh, the Hawkeye of the group or the arrow of the group that he doesn't actually have any superpowers, but uh, he is very, very good at fighting. We also have Rowit from GamersPlane.com, who is joining us. He is part of our network, and he is playing Ambush, who is a college student slash wannabe model who has the ability to teleport. And then finally, we had friend of the show and patron, Jason, who is playing Camshaft, who is a high-level scientist with a cybernetic arm. Now, in the first episode, we did a rules discussion and rules overview and then we got into the game. In our previous episode, our characters had made their way to the apartment of Jeremy Edlin, who we believe was the perpetrator of the missing data from Sensodyne. Once we got there, we investigated his actual apartment only to find that he was dead. And worse, his corpse was inhabited by a swarm of genetically modified bee hornet hybrids that... Uh, yeah, that got his body to stand up and walk around like a zombie. It was pretty terrifying. And that is where we pick up this episode as we are trying to evacuate the building and deal with the swarm of genetically modified bee wasp hornets. So here is The Trial of Cold Steel Wardens, episode number four. Sugar, uh, you're just walking through. There's no one in the apartment. In fact, the door is hanging wide open. Um, you go in. There's a five-pound bag of sugar there. All right, I'm going to grab it, and then I'll continue up the stairs. Okay, sure thing. Uh, Kadia, you're on the phone with, uh, with Ambush and Camshaft. Okay, so I will stop going up the fire escape because I'm not going into a room with giant zombie bees. Um... <laughs> I will head back down. No, I won't even head back down. I'll say either bamf over here or bamf me over to you we, so we can team back up here and not be separated. Okay. And I will 
attempt to text a message to Sawbones pager. <laughs> okay, sure thing. There's no one in the room now with the bees. The, um, they have spread out now into the hall. Slow people are getting stung. Okay, uh, ambush and camshaft. You're on top of the, uh, on top of the Euro place. Anything you want to particularly do? I'll again put a, sh- uh, put a hand on Kempshaft's shoulder and bamf over to Kadia. So the three of us are on the stairwell now. Okay, uh, so you're all on the fire escape now. Yep, the fire escape. Okay. Oh, actually, I have three. Act- I can bamf three times. So I'm going to do this instead. I should be able to get to a sixth floor railing, right? Yeah, you could. Yeah. Because uh, on top of this building, you're on a, you're on essentially on the top of a third third story building or a three story building. Right. So you could actually get up to that seventh floor from here. Okay. So I'm gonna bamf to a sixth floor railing. Okay. Then I'm gonna bamf back down to Kadia, and then have him join us back up at the sixth floor. Uh, okay. So you are one floor down from uh, Edlin's apartment. Yeah. And, and you can see fluttering out of the uh, out of the broken glass. You can see some of these bees fly, flying back and forth. Yeah, we we might be safe now, but we need to make sure people get out of here all right. Oh my! People actually acting heroically in a superhero game. All right. So ambush, camshaft, doing anything of note? Do I have any fire of any sort? I have a utility belt with some tools, but probably not. Well, one here, of the here's the thing with your equipment. Unless it's specifically listed on there, like, I imagine you probably don't have, like, a large blowtorch with you. You might have, like, a little one you might use for quick soldering and fixing up your arm, but you probably don't have, like, a big one you'd use for welding or the like. If it's not on your character sheet, this is where, you know, you can use that narrative control with your 18 dice in the pool right now to say, of course I had that with me all along. I always carry my bat shark repellent with me. Yeah, I don't think I like. I don't think I would actually have a blowtorch, but I, I, what I'd like to do. Can I get up to the seventh floor balcony in one thing? Uh, yeah, it'd be one move to get up to that. Uh, to get up to that balcony. Okay, I'd like to get up to that balcony and then take some, like a lighter or that little torch, mm-hmm. and try and toss it right next to the sprinkler head to make the sprinkler head go off. Okay, uh, go ahead. Give me armed ranged. Uh, that's one of your uh, physical skills. Okay. Oh, ouch. Oh no. Wow. Uh, two. Two. Oh, no, I'm using my arm, so yeah. I guess it would be five. Five. Luckily, you. I mean, this is the sort of thing where you don't have to get it really accurately. You're just kind of throwing it towards, you know, a sprinkler head. Sprinkler does go off. Obviously, the fire alarm's been tripped. There, you know, that's kind of the thing. Water starts uh, sprinkling down, and I'll deal with that in a moment. So, good move. Uh, Sawbones. All right. I have a theory I'm working on. We'll find out if it works. Uh, Obviously, I'm about to get wet, and I don't know it. Mm -hmm. So, now that I have my five-pound bag of sugar, I'm going to go to the top step of the seventh floor in the hallway where the bees are coming out. Yep. I want to throw the sugar bag down the hallway and then draw and shoot it and cause it to just basically explode and send sugar flying in a big cloud. <laughs> just just a big cloud of sugar. Yes. 
Okay, give um, same sort of thing. Give me a, a pistol shot there, and we'll call that a DV of eight, just for um, the size of the target there. Okay, so my my total dice is forty four plus four. So I roll four, but I get to add four no matter what I roll, basically. Yep, you do. And that is a seven. So can I use a die to pop that up there? Yeah. Success. All right. So no problem there. You you know, toss giant bag of sugar, draw boom, cloud of sugar, cloud of fla- uh, cloud of burning sugar, which more more importantly draws their attention. You have the swarm is now focused on the hallway, particularly where the sugar has exploded down the hall. So cool. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> And we're up to Kadia, who is on the fire escape. Okay, so the fire alarm is going off. Yes, sprinklers are going off. You just heard a gunshot. And you smell burnt cotton candy for some reason. Mm Mm-hmm. God, there's really nothing for me to do at this point. How about I use one of my actions to put in a call to 911? Okay. And say that there's some sort of insect infestation at this location. Okay, sure thing. You do. Uh, you reach 911 dispatch. You tell them precisely that they they inform you that uh, fire officials are already being routed to scene. Okay. Ha- uh, have a nice day. <laughs> Sure thing. All right, Edland uh, is dead, but his the swarm within him uh, is now getting wet. So that water is actually going to. It doesn't really kill a whole lot of the bugs. It just kind of like, for lack of a better term, calms them down or you know makes it so they can't fly. So that's effectively dealing them physical strain. Wow, that actually dealt them a fair amount of physical strain. The swarm is still active and spreading throughout the seventh floor. Sawbones, unfortunately, you are still on the seventh floor. Now, the this would probably be the last round that they would deal damage to you because, now, A, they're attracted to the sugar, and B, they're getting wet. So, But you are going to take some damage this time. I need you to make a an agility test. Four. Four, okay. Uh, luckily, no damage there. So they're more attracted to the sugar than they are to you. So, awesome. Yay! Any, um, do we want to continue an initiative, or do we want to drop out? Uh, you have the swarm fairly well neutralized at this point. I, I don't know if there's much for us to be doing anymore. No, I, I don't think so. I mean, are we going to, like, wrap this up with me, like, just walking through and stepping on each wasp and killing it, or are <laughs> we going to, like, get GTFO and let the authorities deal with it now? We're all floor... Well, two of us are floor away, so... And I'm right by the fire escape, so I think uh, the three of us should book it. Maybe you clean up whatever you can, Sawbones, and get out. You step on those wasps. <laughs> All right, I will just go through and just step on them one at a time as they're crawling <laughs> the now wet sugar syrup goo. That will take a while, but you go through and um, if you're going to spend some time there, you might still take some damage as they're, you know... The swarm is dissipating, but it's still active, you know what I mean? I mean, just because they're wet doesn't mean they're not dead. 
So if you're going to sit there and st- and continue to step on them, I'm probably going to roll damage for you. Uh, can I use one action every turn to step and save an action every turn to phase? That way, if they try to sting me, I, they just won't. Thing about that is you can you can't phase through organics. Ah, yeah, that's right. If you, uh, if you look at your sheet, they can still sting you while you're phased. Ah. Fudge crackers. All right. Well, I don't care that much about them. So once I see that they're pretty well neutralized, I'll go downstairs. All right, heading out. All right. I'll see. I'll see them down there. Be like, I'm glad you got my page. <laughs> Stay out of there. Dangerous. So, presuming that you guys uh, reassemble somewhere outside of this mess, uh, fire department arrives on scene. Police arrive on scene. Uh, and all over the uh, 11 o'clock news that evening is um, is fire department called uh, called to suspicious activity in Grace Park apartment complex. Massive swarm of bees kept in co- uh, kept in students' apartment. News story continues. Whatever happened to Edlin's body? It burst in half when crankshaft over there punched it. Interesting. Maybe the bees ate the rest of it. Can I use my uh, my memory to remember which bee it was that burst out of things? It wasn't particularly uh, a notable bee. It wasn't like a queen bee or anything of the sort. No, 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 the species, I mean. Oh, you don't know. It doesn't look like any of the species that, um, that they were researching. In fact, it looks like they, if they took a whole bunch of those different species and kind of put them in a blender... It works kind of like that. I, I have to suspect that someone's not on the up and up. That definitely wasn't a natural species of bee, guys. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. I can sort of prove it just by the, the genetic code that we got from the computers there shows that they were doing something to mix these species together. I'll take this time to go through those financial statements I grabbed earlier to see. Oh. <laughs> Obviously, somebody paid for this. Let's see who it is. <laughs> Uh, in fact, as you're looking, uh, they're, uh, they look like uh, they look like banks, his bank statements, but there are several really sizable deposits into his bank account from an exemplar biosciences. They will find that piece of paper circled on the ground as I've now left, and I'm heading back to my EMT van. <laughs> you do so. Other stuff? I'll go to the public library and start researching that since I don't have a smartphone. Sure thing. I imagine I must live somewhere nearby. Yeah, prob- uh, probably not in the same building, but somewhere in the same neighborhood. Uh, you're you're in Gray's Park. I-, I would be moving if I were you. If you live anywhere near <laughs> here, you're going to move now? So, yeah, I'll just mention to the rest of the guys, uh, we might want to look into splitting up for some research again. So I have... Um, Sawbones looking into exemplar biosciences. Uh, anyone else doing anything? I, I don't think as the uh, hired muscle that I have much to add to the research, but I will certainly tag along with whoever needs me to for moral support. Well, keep in mind, you also, uh, just because maybe research isn't your strength, you can always assist people, which gives them extra dice, or, you know, you, uh, Kadia in particular has very strong canvas, so you can start asking around about stuff like exemplar biosciences or, or things like that. So there oh. are other ways that you can contribute. Okay, well, yeah, if, if we go somewhere where I can talk to people, then I would absolutely do that. But 
I'm just not getting any good ideas off the top of my head right now. Mm-hmm. Well, he said Sawbones heading to a library, right? I guess a library is not a terrible place to go. Okay. You know, the, uh, you have access to the university library as a college student, so that's not a problem for you. University library. Okay, so what are we looking up? Wow, I can't remember the name of the thing we were just about to research. <laughs> uh, My character and I, you can see, are very clearly different. Not the modeling part, but, you know, the yeah. memory thing. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you had exemplar biosciences. Uh, you okay. also had a lead earlier, um, which uh, was unsuccessfully followed up on. Sergenta. Uh, you had Syngenta, you had Exemplar Biosciences, you had Jolly Roger Candy Company. The, well, well, technically we don't know about Jolly Rancher because we were never told about that. Sawbones knows about Jolly Roger. Yep. Oh, yeah, Jolly Roger, not Jolly Rancher because yeah. that, you know... That would be copyright infringement. Exactly. <laughs> Let's not do that, children. <laughs> so you guys find me at, like the oldest computer on the planet. It actually still uses DOS. It was it was actually underneath the card catalog. I had to move the card catalog to get to this computer, and I'm doing the two finger t- cow- cowboy uh, keyboard <laughs> typing. You have the monochrome green and black screen. Yes, and there's only it's only big enough for three characters at a time on the screen. So it's taken me a while to do some research, but then as you get there, uh, I will mention the thing about the body and the Jolly Roger Candy Company, which is what gave me the idea for the sugar that uh, they must be attracted to that. So I don't know if maybe that's just where they're at because they were drawn to it or if there's a connection, like a legitimate question. But I think that uh, whoever's paying for it, which is that bioscience lab, is probably our best bet. Uh, so you have a couple different options for, for doing further research here. Uh, scientific would give you information on information on exemplar biosciences because that's what they do. Historical uh, would probably give you information about Jolly Roger or potentially slightly different information on exemplar biosciences. You could do just straight research and find out information on these. You guys just call what what have you. I actually have a decent science. What is my science? Let's see. And again, you can always you can always treat these as group group tests where you're uh, handing where you're adding dice to one another's uh, rolls. Right. I was going to say, my internet research would come to four dice. I would roll six for scientific. Well, I can help you with scientific because I would get four, so I can toss you two. Okay. So I will roll scientific on research in the biochemical place. Four on top, so seven. Seven. Okay. You actually find exemplar biosciences is not located in New Corinth. It's actually out in Guatemala. thing about that is... They're a subsidiary of Atchison Mueller Manufacturing, which is located in New Corinth. They were in the news recently, and as you're going through the, the news files, you see... It's they microfiche. Were in the news... What's that? It's microfiche. <laughs> well, it was in the newspaper, so you're probably looking through like the old newspaper oh, stats. Yeah, yeah. There. Yeah, yeah, like right. on the wood dowels. Atchison Mueller was in the news after they very publicly fired one of their senior vice presidents, Alan Boyd. And we have not heard that name before, correct? No, but it was very public, and they didn't say why. Any connection between Boyd and a candy company? Give me, give me research again. And again, if you want to treat this as a group role, feel free. Someone else do that one. I'm not good at research. Uh, if it's internet, again, I have four. 
Yeah, I mean, if that's, if that's what you're going to use. That's better than what I got. But would historical be a better research for the candy company? Historical would get you slightly different information, but it would absolutely be applicable if you want to roll that instead. I've got a decent historical, and I do have a specialty for New Corinth. Oh, that's PD. That wouldn't apply. Uh, actually, <laughs> you could use that in this case. So that would that would give me six dice to roll. Sure. All right, and then I will assist, giving you two more. Okay. Does for the game story? allow for multiple assists, or is that yes. not a thing? Yes, you can all work together on the same thing. Uh, two more dice. Let's all do a montage. We're all on the computer. Yeah. <laughs> all right, hold on. I'm rolling. <laughs> We're looking over each other's shoulder, and I'm like, I'm like, I got my hand on his shoulder, and I'm pointing to the screen in front of him, and I'm like nodding my head, like, yeah. <laughs> Somebody brings in a pizza because we're up all night. Exactly. It's like there's a there's a picture of the clock, and then it fades out, and then there's the clock again, like five hours later. That's right. And there's just like cigarette butts, pizza boxes, and uh, <laughs> there's a dot matrix printer printing it out, and I'm pulling it off all excited, <laughs> tearing off the little uh, little strands <laughs> yeah, on yeah, the side. Little, yeah. <laughs> what does it say? Hold on. <laughs> We need a new ink cartridge. <laughs> Where's the ribbon? We're out of ribbon. Right. <laughs> so what did we get on research? Or historical, rather. <laughs> uh, total of 10 after all the assists. 10. Okay. All right. As you're doing a little bit of look, uh, looking into, first um, you're finding uh, a little more information about Atchitz and Mueller. Um, they are one of the big manufacturing firms. They are not really associated with any sort of bio biological science firms, it was actually Boyd's cho uh, choice to uh, purchase or to buy out exemplar biosciences and bring that into their fold. That's really not their thing. They focus more on assembling uh, plastics and metals. So it's kind, of it's kind of weird that they would buy a company that has literally nothing to do with anything you've seen so far. Further, Boyd used to work at Genologic Systems, which is one of the big, ge uh, big genetics firms in New Corinth. Genologic, he worked there with Dr. Victoria Rossiter. Hmm. Ross. Lastly, uh, Jolly Roger, uh, Jolly Roger Candy Company, you find, has actually, uh, about a month and a half ago, declared uh, Chapter 11 bankruptcy. The, the, the factory is still open, and there is a skeleton staff working there, uh, basically maintaining these giant vats of molten sugar that they can't let they can't let them cool, otherwise they'll never, you know, be able to use them. And there we're talking giant, you know, massive vats of proto candy. It's like adamantium. Once you get it hot, you got to keep it hot. Exactly. You got to keep it at the. You got to keep it at that temperature so it doesn't burn. So it just stays there and cooks. But there's only a handful of people on staff. I'll actually read my flavor text here. The Jolly Roger Candy Company of Belmarne was one of the many victims of New Corinth's economic downturn. Without enough operating capital, Jolly Roger has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, with their factory lying fallow and gathering dust. The facade of the Jolly Roger is that of a piratical front, and often offered tours to New Corinth school, school districts. The factory behind the facade is an outdated industrial nightmare filled with vats of sticky sugar and caramel in amongst the massive assembly lines to assemble caramels, candy bars, and more. Getting a total Willy Wonka vibe off this stuff. A little bit. All right. 
So without any other information, I think we go to the candy company, right? We expect to find a giant mass of bees in those silos. If we're going to go, should we prep for facing bees, perhaps? Yes. I will go to uh, Home Depot and buy all the raid they have. Where can we find beekeeper uniforms? Where can we find beekeeper uniforms? That would be... So, GM, if I decided to look around the university, perhaps in the bio department, would they just happen to have uh, studies on on insects and perhaps have beekeeper uniforms for, let's say, three dice, four dice? (laughs) Four dice. I would say eight dice. Eight dice. How many uniforms are we getting for eight dice? I would say a suit for each of you. All right, four suits for eight dice? Yeah. What do, what do you guys think? Uh, yeah. Four beekeeper suits for eight dice? I, I think that's reasonable. I need mine has to have a hole in the face, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're talking, we're talking effectively full pr- protection from any type of swarm type thing here. I mean, these things are built to withstand heavy leather, you know. Well, are, are they built to withstand radically mutated bees? That's the real question. Well, good question. That's what the raid is for. They are standard beekeeper uniforms. All right, so they will protect against Japanese giant wasps. Got it. <laughs> All right, no objections? Eight dice it is. I will snag a couple packs of sugars and make sure that they are on uh, Kadia's uniform before we go in there, just in case. <laughs> Just to antagonize randomly. Yeah. All right. Okay, so I'm assuming we're waiting till that evening. Yeah. I, I mean, do we need do we need to wait? I. Your guys' call. By the time that you're done with the, uh, by the time that you're done with all the research, I'm and and for that matter, getting out of the apartment complex, I'm assuming it's probably eleven o'clock at night. Okay, I'm going to uh, hotwire a van. Hopefully, something okay. that's got like a cool wizard on the side. That way I don't have to take my ambulance to this because I figure we're just going to like burst in, not really going to be sneaky, and I don't want my vehicle compromised. Okay. I, I will stop back at my apartment and pick up my uh, my costume. Sure. I'll put it on underneath the beekeeping uh, garb. Yep. That's going to be very warm. Cat suit followed by giant leather beekeeper. Yeah, I, I'm going to deal with that just in case someone actually does spot me. Alright. Anyone else doing anything of note before we move to uh, Jolly Roger? I do have a couple cans of Raid on me. Okay, not a problem. You stop at the hardware store, pick up a couple. I'll just no go back to my car and get my costume and have the trench coat on the outside of the beekeeper outfit. <laughs> trench coat on the outside. Alright. Fair enough. I'm going to wait until we get inside and then I'll look over at uh, Ambush and go... I'm really surprised that the, the uniform there isn't affecting your claustrophobia, but I don't know, maybe it's just me. <laughs> I, I, I don't imagine I'm claustrophobic of uniform. I have minor claustrophobia, so mm. I imagine that's more like actual tight spaces. Right. Yeah, probably not so much, you know, the, the wearing the mask or the like. All right. This place is, for lack of a better word, decrepit. Um... 
the it it's very obviously fallen into something of something of disrepair, um, lacking that operating capital. There are a few cars in the parking lot for what look like uh, for what look like security who may be roaming around, but for the most part, the Jolly Roger Candy Candy Company is deserted. There are several entrances here. There's the the front um, uh, facade where you can see it looks like a uh, looks like almost a pirate ship with a giant you know grinning skull. Uh, happily, you know, you walk in through the mouth of the skull, uh, kind of Castle Grayskull style, into the candy shop and uh, tour area. I want to drive the van right through that. <laughs> Just straight through? Yeah. <laughs> Alright then. Um, <laughs> Subtlety, out the window. So, yep. <laughs> Subtlety is gone. <laughs> Giant van through the uh, through the front doors, knocking over you know stacks of uh, candy and displays scattered everywhere. Cash uh, cash register tips over, flies against the wall. Uh, you can hear security alarms go off. Bleep 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 bleep. Giant crash. The van is in okay shape. You took it through the doors, so it's not like it you know went through like a support wall or right. anything like that but um, but it's pretty beaten up you guys are there all right uh, there are doors leading you know this way to the factory floor this way to the gift shop restrooms this way I will uh, I will get out of the van and I'll do you know how like in the movies the cop will hold their hand one way with a flashlight so that the flashlight mm-hmm. I'm gonna do that with a can of raid so that the raid is pointed <laughs> the same way my barrel is all right, no worries. You do so. Where are we heading, guys? So not knowing what kind of factory we're talking about, is there a catwalk or something above us? Well, you guys are in that kind of, like, oh, that, that facade kind of, uh, this is where we buy the candy at the beginning and end of the tour area. Uh, if you want to go into the factory floor, you can do so. Yeah. Yeah, we want to make our way towards the silos. Okay. Uh, you Making your way inside, you can see... The giant, uh, like I said, this place is labyrinthine. There are several catwalks up above leading all around where presumably factory workers would be um, monitoring, you know, flow and output for different assembly lines. The the assembly lines themselves are off, though uh, very obviously ho- still hooked up. Um, there are vats of still molten, bubbling sugar and proto-candy, if you will, all throughout here. Pipes full of this that, that very obviously radiate heat. It is very dim in here. They have only really like the emergency lights on, but uh, it is a maze and tangle of pipes and hoses and uh, industrial mess. Can we listen for that telltale hum that we have heard before? Uh, sure thing. You uh, Go ahead, give me invest, uh, go ahead, give me listen, and this is going to be countered by stealth. Are we doing individual or... Uh, this is all indi- this is individual. I'll take Pebbles out and let him help out with trying to find where these. Sure thing. I'm. Where's Listen? I'm not seeing. It. Yeah, I'm looking for it too. Uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, notice, notice. Ooh, damn, that's a good roll. Nine. You're looking for a thirteen here. Nine. I rolled. I rolled really well. Well, nothing here, guys. We went to the wrong okay. place. Let's go home. Okay. Now, here's the thing. As you're there, you can hear this humming. Even above all the clank and clatter of this industrial mess, 
but it's this is a big echoey factory floor. You're having trouble discerning like where this is coming from and what's going on. Well, based on what happened in the apartment building, I, I'm confident that they're after the sugar. So I think we should just go to the biggest pile of sugar we can find. Okay. Moving towards there. All right. There, there is a big central central vat of what looks like molten caramel. Uh, that you know, there's a catwalk that rings this, and a gi- giant stirring device that very slowly is moving the caramel around uh, within the vat, keeping it keeping it at the same temperature. Uh, you want to be beside the vat. You want to be up on the catwalk near it, or let's get up on the catwalk, looking down inside of it. Yeah, that's what I was asking about when we got to a catwalk, because I'm going to... I'll go ahead and bamf us straight up. Okay, heading up up there, not too hard. Go ahead, give me notice again. For listening? Yeah, uh, yeah listening, add whatever you whatever you got. Nine. Ten. Damn. This is what I get for succeeding the first roll. And I had seven, and I think I get plus two for pebbles for the looking for, listening for yep. the... Yep. You got it. So nine. All right. Okay. So, as you, all of a sudden, this gets significantly louder, that noise, that that buzzing. As you look up uh, from the rafters of the, uh, rafters of the candy company, you can see there is a huge nest that's been kind of mucked together, uh, almost like a mud dauber type uh, situation, up in the rafters of the candy company, and hovering there, diving down towards the four of you. Go ahead and roll Psyche. Uh, yay. One. Mm, zero. Uh-oh. Three. Who had the three? You don't, do you add your Psyche, or is it literally just what No, you... it's just, it just, just hits on dice. All right, three. Okay. Okay, you're going to take two. <laughs> if you had one, you take four. If you had none, you take five. Mental strain. Oh, no, I'm below my breaking point. I was about oh. to say, I just hit my threshold, my, uh, my break. If you so. just hit your breaking point, you need to make a second psyche test. Uh-oh. And you need three hits on, the, on this. I cannot pass that. You can take dice to add two if you so choose. Right, Does anyone so object to me taking one die to start? Nope. Go for it. All right, I need one more die. Go for it. Okay, three for three. I'm good. All right, right. not bad. Okay, you somehow managed to hold it together as you look up, and you can see what is easily a seven-foot, for lack of a better term, hybrid between a man and and one of these giant hornet things. Diving down at you, wings a fluttering, you know, mandibles dripping venom, uh, massive lethal stinger sticking out of what what appears to be a, a thorax and abdomen, and the shreds of a of a business suit hanging in tatters off of his uh, off of his body. And this is where we roll initiative. <laughs> I also failed, so I'm going to need to re-roll to not oh. do the. Oh, oh. Yep. Uh, are you re-rolling, or are you taking more dice? Well, that one's zero, so I'd rather just re-roll. Okay, so that's three dice to re-roll. Good? Yep, same number. That puts you guys oh. at four. Oh, that's yep. just as bad. Back oh, at zero no. again. Okay. Shall we, pull out, shall we pull out the psychosis table? Sure. Or are we re-rolling? 
That sounds good. Let's see what the psychosis table has to say. Okay, well, you're going to get a temporary psychosis as we take a look at these. Oh, my, let's do that. Let's do that. That'll be fun. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to have to throw you some dice for this, uh, Miss. I have a cybernetic arm. Ooh. As your first instinct is shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, pew, pew, pew. Your mind is so frozen, you can't lift your cybernetic arm. The rest of your body is working, but until you, until you get a hold of yourself, your cybernetic arm is hanging there at your, at your side. All right. How would I go about bringing myself back together? Uh, it, would take, uh, it would take someone uh, doing a little bit of um, uh, <laughs> a little splash of water, a little get you out of the scene, uh, or maybe just another psyche roll to... Um, it would have to be a pretty nice psyche roll to get, uh, get back into your um, fresh state of mind. But for the meanwhile, let's roll some initiative. So I, I got a five point six. Jesus. Woof. All right, Kadia. I think this is where your chain comes in handy. I got a three point four. All right. So who had the five point six? That was ambush. That would be ambush. Okay. I have a three point seven. Which vital are we rolling again? Uh, agility. Did I miss someone? I I have. Well, Jason is in front of me. I know. I think he had a three something. Three point four. Three point five. Kadia is next, then Camshaft, and then Sawbones. I had a 2.4. Okay, no. All right. <laughs> so, Shut your mouth. Ambush is up, and you see this thing diving at you, screeching. Uh, like I said, the tatters of a, of a business suit splaying, uh, splaying like a cape as it, as it wings its way down from the rafters. Kenny, two things. Do I see that... Uh... That Camshaft's arm is kind of frozen to the side? You see Camshaft is kind of panicked, uh, for lack of a better word, and is trying to raise up her arm unsuccessfully. But everyone else seems generally okay? So far, yeah. I guess since we're clustered, am I close enough to just put a hand on Camshaft's shoulder? Um, yeah, sure. Alright, do that. Bam, over. I assume this is like your typical Batman network of catwalks kind of thing? Absolutely, yes. Bam, over to a catwalk not a you know like a good 20 30 yards away like a good distance away mm-hmm. okay. and uh, as soon as we reappear slap across the face <laughs> get a hold of yourself woman oh cognitive recalibration no problems there cam shaft give me a psyche test uh, you're looking for three hits there we go three hits all right nice you you've gotten control of yourself you're you're back in action for the time being Oh, thank gosh. Okay, Ambush, you have another thing you could do. If we look up at the hive thing, does it look like other bees are there? or It looks like normal-sized bees are buzzing around this thing. Okay. Like, uh, uh, by normal, I mean like hand-sized giant... Right, hand-sized giant moss. Japanese hornets. Exactly. You know, normal things that you yeah. see every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will... Damn it, I don't... I don't really have much else to do at the moment. I will... Is, so, is there a thing like delaying actions? Um, you would have to delay your whole turn, so because you've already done things, unfortunately. No. Okay. If you, did have a, if you did have a ranged weapon, you could do something called Overwatch, which uh, 
is basically like I'm gonna cover this doorway or I'm gonna cover this hallway with a with a rifle or something. But uh, unfortunately, not so much. Slap her again. <laughs> For posterity's sake. Uh, I guess I, if I'm gonna try to uh, go ahead and bamf us both over to a place where Camshaft can get a good shot off at, I guess anything really, like get them to a good vantage point. Sure thing. Okay. Not a problem. Um, this creature decide, uh, is going to, who's who's still over there, we have Kadia, we have Sawbones. We're going to go, we're going to say odds Kadia, even Sawbones. Odds it is. Uh, it is going to dive it's bomb that sugar. you. What's that? It was, it was the sugar I put on her uniform. Of, of her course hand. it was. And as it goes to land, it, it instinctively like whips its abdomen up uh, to attempt to sting you. Uh, it has unarmed of seven dice plus two dice. Uh, what's your defense value, Kadia? Eleven. Eleven. I missed. So as it uh, as it dives past you, uh, you know, you just kind of nimbly uh, knock uh, the abdomen aside with your chain. Uh, no problems there. As it uh, is kind of hit and running, uh, swinging back up to try to take another pass next round. Uh, that's my turn. It's yours! Is it still within range for me to attack it with my chain? Uh, sure. Its pace is... flying pace is 8, so... Yeah, it's... Uh, it's not too far out for your... for your chain. Okay. So, I will do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that gives me... 9 to hit. Uh, 9 to hit. Uh, you need an 11. Use some mm. dice. Okay, yeah. I'll take two dice out of the pool. Down to six. Uh, and that was actually three successes, so that puts okay. me up to a 12. All right, no problem there. You get, um, uh, you hit, go ahead and roll damage. Now, this thing has the toughness uh, power, which is going to reduce uh, some damage. So go ahead, roll your damage normally. I am going to take a little bit less, but not much. So for damage, I just roll the dice listed there under strain dealt and list the total it. number of successes. You got it. Yep. I only have two successes. Okay. Kind of a glancing blow. You did uh, uh, knock a little bit of the the chitin off, but uh, uh, didn't look like it dealt a whole lot of appreciable damage. All of one. So that's one thing. Do another thing. Uh, what what does entangle entail? Uh, so the way Entangle works, Entangle works kind of similarly to a called shot. You'll take a penalty on your roll to hit, and if you succeed, you'll deal half your normal damage, and you'll basically like wrap this thing up in your chain. So like you'll you know entangle some legs together, it'll have trouble flying, or you know entangle the wings and keep it from flying, or what have you. Okay, I would like to attempt that. Sure thing. So it's minus four dice on your normal attack. That'll be so means I'm only rolling four. Okay. That only gives me a seven to hit. And that's going to be a miss. Yeah. All right, so you try to whip your chain around, try to catch the wings, but it's pretty nimble, and it uh, hovers out of the way. All right, that's Kadia. Camshaft! Uh, so I will, uh, you know, sort of look over at Ambush, uh, just give him a nod for saving my sanity, and <laughs> him at it with my blaster. Okay, sure thing. Uh, one, two, three, plus six, only nine. Nine. No dice. Again, looking for 11. 
You can take the the same action twice in a row if you're if in case you were wondering. Yeah, I'm gonna do the same thing. Sure thing. Oh, there we go. A little better. One, two, three, four, five, plus six, eleven. Eleven. That's the magic number. Uh, go ahead and damage with the pulse blaster. Two. Well, all right. It looks like an entirely shrugged off your pulse blaster, just with is. impunity. Five dice or five hits on three dice with toughness. All right. So that's camshaft sawbones. You're up. Okay. So it is right next to me then, right? Yes. It just attacked Kadia. It's kind of hum- flitting, or flitting around the um, uh, the catwalk where you guys are at. All right. So I'm literally gonna like bob and weave. I'm gonna sting like or fly like a butterfly, sting like a bee. That'd have been so much better if I hadn't fucked that up. I'll I'll fix that <laughs> in post. Bad puns give dice. And I'm going to punch it. Okay. Or not. Uh, <laughs> but I will attempt to punch it again. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. Not even close. Nope. Mm-mm. Not not even close. All right. Ambush, you're up. You can see this thing flailing around in melee with Kadia and Sawbones. It's flitting in and out above the... Above the um, what do you call it? Above the catwalks, the, the caramel bubbling beneath you. Is there like a... Um like a flanking or a helping like in combat we could do to team up on it so that we're not all rolling separately? Uh, unfortunately, not really. The best thing that you uh, you could do in, in that case is to try to, inf- uh, try to inflict something on it, either with a called shot or an entangle or a, um, or a stun, something like that. Okay. What if I tried to teleport onto its back? Uh, you could attempt to grapple it, which would be um, your... Uh, your agility versus its uh, its agility or strength or sorry force. Um, that'd be one action to teleport, one action to uh, initiate a grapple. Yeah, let's try. So, that. Sound good? All right. So, so my agility. Your agility versus its agility. It has an agility of seven. This thing is supernaturally quick because it's half B. Well, apparently I am almost supernaturally quick. You are pretty damn fast. But are you five fast? I am five fast. All right. Uh, uh, five meets the success. You have grabbed onto this thing. You're clinging to its back. And it is, like, buzzing, trying desperately to stay up. Because, it, like I said, it's, like, hovering around the catwalk. And you look, below you is this giant tank of molten caramel. So keep that in mind. It is trying desperately to stay upright. Yeah, this is where uh, this is where ready in action would have been great. But ooh, can I teleport just far enough so it is in the caramel, but like I'm, or just like so that I'm not fully submerged, but it is kind of in the caramel. Okay, so interesting. For some um, precision, uh... the precision teleporting. Okay, awesome. It, this is one of the rare occasions where I would make you make a powers test. As okay. you are attempting to teleport this thing very precisely. Now keep in mind, <laughs> if you fuck this up, you're going to oh, end I'm up... I'm dead. I'm probably dead. Yeah, you're probably dead. But you'll die a hero. And that's the best you can hope for. This is exactly. true. Exactly. And we have eight dice. So I'm going to risk it. Alright, carry on. So, so powers test. This is... Uh, you're going to roll this just like a skill. So your power rating is six. six. Yes. 
All right, so you're going to roll six dice and add your agility, which is your linked vital, to that. <laughs> Eleven. Eleven. Good roll. Okay. So you not only do you manage to... I'm trying to figure <laughs> out how best to narrate this. You bamf straight down. Uh, you're kind of standing on top of... Uh, the Boyd Hornet creature, as it is now easily two-thirds submerged into this tank of molten sugar. Um, it's going to be the start of its turn here in a moment, so it's going to take 15 dice of physical strain. And it screams in abject terror and pain. But it sounds Japanese for some reason. Yes. <laughs> the biologist in me is going, I remember that insects breathe through their skin. He's breathing molten sugar. Yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, it is flapping molten sugar all around, so uh, I need you to make an agility test. Uh, straight agility would be three. Okay. You've managed to dodge out of the way of the... Um, this thing flapping molten uh, molten sugar all over the place. You haven't taken any damage from that. You're kind of standing on it as it's submerged, trying desperately to keep its wings above the sugar so that it doesn't sink completely in. It's screaming in B. A combination of yell and buzz, I imagine? Yes. It's hideous and awful. Um... Roll mental, uh, roll psyche again. One success. <laughs> Take four mental strain. I go insane. Are you at zero? I'm insane. You might want to take some dice. Yes, I will take dice. Oh, we're at 12. Okay, yeah, I'm grabbing. <laughs> I just tossed you four <laughs> dice because of the horrible thing that you've done. <laughs> horrible? This was the only way this could end. Not necessarily true. Uh, he's a mutant creature. I, I don't know how to save him. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to go for two dice to start, unless there are objections. Two sounds good on my end. One more success. All right. So that would bring me to a solid one health, or one psyche. Okay. That's all you need. Yep. Sure. <laughs> Let's. All right. <laughs> You've managed to cling to the last vestiges of your sanity as you uh, as you are drowning this this half bee, half person in molten caramel. Who do we have up next? Kadia. Kadia. Uh, no, the bee. He is flapping and is going to try to get out. Blah. I need ambush to make another grapple, uh, which is agility for you. I've got three on my side. I've got four. Damn. All right. It's, um, it's struggling a lot less. <laughs> it's going to take 15 dice more strain. No, no, it'll take it next round, because it just took it. Sorry, I need to follow my own rules. Um, <laughs> Kadia, you're up. Okay, so Ambush drove this thing down into the vat below us. Sure is. How far away is the bee from us now, up on the catwalk? I'm guessing you're asking, is it within reach of your chain? Asking if it's in reach of me throwing a knife. Oh, you, both, actually. <laughs> oh, both, okay. Don't forget, then, for the knife, I'm in the way. This is also true. 
You have def- defensive teleportation, though. It actually might help. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> the, likely, uh, the likelihood of you actually hitting uh, hitting ambush is nil. <laughs> I'm going to attempt to throw a knife into the bee's head and put it out of its misery. Okay. Uh, that, uh, called shot for, for that is a minus four. So. Oh, so that would put me at negative dice. <laughs> Alright, in that case, you roll no dice. <laughs> hmm. So if you throw your knife, it will be stuck in the caramel. <laughs> uh, but you said it was within range of swinging the chain at it? Sure is. Okay, so I'll just try to hit it with my chain and sure kill it that way. It probably gets a penalty for being stuck in caramel, right? Yes, very much so. It in fact loses its uh, loses its uh, agility to its defense value. Uh, that's an eleven with the chain. Okay, I'm gonna you know considering considering its lower defense value, that's a total success. I'm gonna guess you. Either way, you're going to kill it. Would you like it to stay in the caramel, or would you like to drag it out? Oh, I think it should uh, sink majestically into the caramel, uh, giving us a. Terminator thumbs up as it vanishes <laughs> into the molten mass. Well, and this just means like a million years from now, scientists will uncover it and then like create a Jurassic Park out a of it. A theme park of yeah. mutant human hybrid? Or more so, it'll be discovered whenever the candy company resumes operations after the chapter 11 <laughs> is settled. Surprise! <laughs> All right, so just going to leave it there? Yep, let it sink. All right. Well, if it's yep. dead, I am I need to teleport myself out of there, too. You do so, not so a problem. So I'm actually going to use that opportunity to actually teleport it, not onto the catwalk, but, like, onto the floor below us. Okay, not a so problem. I will get, us out, uh, get me out and get it out. All right. As you... As you look at this massive, hideous creature, you um, you manage in amongst the uh, the nest up above. You find uh, you find a wallet. Actually, it appears that you've killed Mr. Alan Boyd, uh, uh, former vice executive at uh, Atchison Mueller, um, who originally financed the research that. Rossiter started at Genologic, which carried over to her work at Cytosine. Using the cans of raid that you procured earlier, you proceed to fumigate the nest up above and the giant hornet uh, hybrids up above. By the time you finish, it's 2 a.m. <laughs> and a quick call to Ra- uh, to Roz uh, reveals they have an industrial uh, uh, waste incinerator at Cytosine's lab. Grabbing up one of the box trucks from uh, from the parking lot, you load up the sticky remains of Alan Boyd and drive that over to Cytosine, where Roz is already waiting. She directs you to one of the rear loading docks, meeting you there with a massive bio-waste disposal dumpster, rolling it up to the truck's rear lift gate. After a few minutes of struggle, you load the Boyd creature's body into the dumpster and begin wheeling it down to the incinerator. Roz looks you up and down. You've got to know this wasn't what we intended. We didn't plan any of this. We were trying to save the American honeybee. But uh, we didn't exactly plan on turning a corporate executive into a genetic freak. Playing with genetics like this might have not been your smartest move, especially 
I'm sure you didn't want the police to know about this. Boyd's body lands with a sickening crunch at the bottom of the incinerator. Roz closes the chute and presses a series of buttons. A roar of flame and some disconcerting popping sounds later, Alan Boyd is no more. Roz turns away in shame and walking back through the lab, the buzzing of droning honeybees accompanies your thoughts. All right, and that's our scenario, gentlemen. They turn around and I'm gone. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. You are the knight. I am the knight. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out the RPGacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the drive-thru RPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at The RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, The Caleb G, at The Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at The RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.